welcome once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and you can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald. Joining me, of course, is my co-host, Matt Dudek. Hey there, everybody. Matt, you can find, of course, on Twitter as well, at Horizon Matt. You can follow us on Twitter as well. The podcast, that is, at Horizon RT. You can go to or visit our website, and I'm sure a lot of you have over the past week at HorizonRoundtable.com. Allegedly, there will be... There will be information on our Facebook page soon um, at Facebook.com slash Horizon Roundtable as well. And, of course, never forget, be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are available. Um, man, it has been a busy week. <laughs> busy, busy, well, busy. Oh, I'm sorry. Did, did we do something this week? Was, we might happened? have. Well, let, let's ask the guy who basically did a bunch of it, which is uh, which is John Parker. Uh, hey, guys. Thank you for joining us again, as always. Um, so, so as you know, John obviously are one of our primary contributors, and also he's the guy who basically edited most of our, pro- in fact, all of our preview week articles, with the exception of his own, because that was me. Um, <laughs> yes. So, yes, John has been given the John has been given the of what did I say? Associate editor of HorizonRoundtable.com. You know. Yes. Writers and editors, it's been a big discussion this week outside of the sports world, and I definitely just feel editors rule and writers drool. Uh, see, hmm. we, I, I'm uh, see, I'm already immediately with the decision. <laughs> I can it's tell. A terrible right choice, Bob. But, I, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah. So preview week was this week. We had previews for all the teams that are in here. And before we do that, I know I, I we tweeted this out on our uh, uh, we tweeted this out on Friday once all the once all the previews are done. But we cannot thank enough um, everybody else who contributed. You know, obviously John. I mean, Matt and I jumped into this too because and so did obviously John did Yeoman's work on this, but also you know Mark Weems. You know, did the Youngstown State one did an outstanding job. Um, you know, so you know we got Carrick Jones doing the Detroit Mercy article. Uh, Nick Lawrenson, he was the one who brought us the 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 right state preview. Alec Quate, who incidentally, Cleveland State fans, if you need somebody, if you're looking for your go-to writer guy this year, he's your guy because he's the one who did the preview, and he's I know he's going to be doing a lot more. Um, Plus, also too, we got you know Chris Capella jumped in, did a great job on the uh, on the Robert Morris, and so did uh, Eduardo Martinez for uh, for UIC. I hope I didn't miss anybody. Did I miss anybody? I'm gonna feel like a jerk if I didn't miss somebody. I always miss somebody on these things. Um, I'm not sure. I lost track. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That makes me feel. A I'm pretty happy today. Yeah, I that's yeah. I can tell. I can tell. John- I'm just here for for comedic relief. This is John's show today. <laughs> this, this really kind of is because he's been all over this. And by the way, this would not to not to spoil anything, but John has even more this week. So you know, if you're reading, you know, so if you're watching, listening to this and listening to this, and we're not even sure this is going to be just one episode. So we may get to the we may get to the you know the end of this and say, hey, let's do another one and. You know, you'll you'll be listening to another episode on two Monday. Uh, you know, that'll be posting on Monday of this week. So, um, you know, let's let's roll the dice and see what happens. <laughs> um, so I guess it should not be any surprise to anybody because we are just pretty. 
I don't want to say we're unoriginal, but we, we see kind of the we see we read kind of the tea leaves as we did last year, and we are we are picking at this moment in time, right state to finish to win as win the Horizon League and repeat as regular season champions. Obviously, championship week is a whole other animal, as we well know. But but by and large, it's say uh, you know we have, we've as far as regular season championships are concerned. Right State's our team. Yeah, and I think um, I, I can't necessarily speak for everyone else, but I think for me a lot of that was just they already had a gap between them and the rest of the league, and then some of the other teams that were – I mean, all, three of the four semifinalists lost, like, most of their lineup. So they lost a couple big players, uh, Bill Wampler and Cole Gentry, but sure. they – they lost a lot less than the most of the teams that were their closest competition for last year. That's true, and also too, you know, they also, you know, they they didn't, you know, they didn't leave the cupboard bare. I mean, they got that kid Tim Finky coming up too. Yeah, definitely. Um, he was obviously, you know, really highly regarded coming out of high school. Uh, went to Grand Canyon. Didn't have the best year, though. I will say, if I could play for Thunderdan or for Scott Nagy, there's no question I want to play for Scott Nagy. Well, you can't play for Thunderdan anymore now, can you? <laughs> nope, nope. Sad. So he'd have to play for Bryce Rue, which apparently he didn't want to do. So, oh well. Their loss is our gain. Too bad for you, but again, you know, yeah. So, and again, it didn't leave the whole. It, it didn't leave anything bare. I mean, they, you know, they they do have a, you know, they also bring in, you know, they had a redshirt team player. You know, they had they got Andre Harris coming in too. So, and he had a redshirt because there's everybody, everybody and their grandmother was playing. This yeah, yeah, that was really interesting. Um, the way it played out, they ended up having a guy who had to retire medically. And then they also had uh, Skylar Potter transfer out mid-year. Yeah. Basically, there was nothing that was like, yeah, Dre Harris isn't good. It's just, okay, we go 12 deep here. We're not going to play 12 guys. Someone's got to sit. And yeah. um, obviously, you know, Tanner Holden yeah. was going to be that guy. And um, Well, yeah, I mean, you're talking about, you, 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 again, you lost, while you lost, a guy like, while you lost a guy like Bill Wampler, you still have a Tanner Holden in who was who was an All Freshman Team guy last season. You still bring in Trey Calvin, who did pretty good last year when he had a chance because obviously Cole Gentry was running the point. He yeah. wasn't getting out of the game a whole hell of a lot. But when you know when Trey Calvin came in, he was able to pick his spot. So that was that that's important. And don't forget Jalen Hall. He was in there too. Um, you know he's and that's. That's going to be pretty big. And let's also not forget that they got Grand Basile. They got that kid coming. Yep. <laughs> Came in and it was like uh, 80% of Loud and Love when <laughs> Love was out injured. That was. That is, incredible. yeah. And of course, Loud and Love, who we, we have picked as, <clears throat> as our preseason player of the year again. Um, I mean, hey, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Yep. So that's it, you know. I mean, that that was kind of my thought process on the whole thing because I that was kind of where I was at in terms of that whole entire process because I thought, you know, because Loud and Love has been a it has been a star in this league for the last two seasons, and 
unless something, you know, unless something terrible happens, which I don't see that actually happening, unless he decides he sets, he's going to say, screw it, I'm just going to go, you know, I'm going to declare early for the NFL draft and go play tight end or something. <laughs> he's that he's going to be, he's still going to be the guy. So, I mean, it's funny because if there's one person, if there's one pass player I can equate to Loud and Love's game, and it pains me. It pains me to make this comparison because of how much I dislike this particular player, Matt Howard of Butler. Okay. That is the comparison I make between the two. With the NFL tight end thing, I thought you were going to go with Janathan Bullock, and I was going to say Bullock has better hair. Uh, if I'm gonna, I already made. Hey, I've already compared Jonathan. I've already compared Nas Bohannon to Jonathan Bullock. Okay. There is no other comparison. Thank you for coming. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, that's who. That's who. And by, and by the way, you know, Loud Love's got about four inches on four inches on uh, Bullock anyway. So, but again, in terms of game style, I see kind of similarities between the two, between Howard and and Loud Love. So. I mean, you know, what that translates to moving forward, who knows? But, yeah, I, you know, and the the fact that we – there's not really a dispute of, you know, how, you know, where Wright State's ceiling is. There really isn't. Even because – even if they – even though they lost, you know, two of their starters, you got guys who, who you know are going to step up and fill in, you know, fill in pretty nicely – Plus a guy like Tim Finke, who who has you know enormous upside. So I mean, you can't really argue, you know, you can't really. There's not a lot of wiggle room for argument as who is exactly at the top. Again, their big thing has never been the regular season. Their big thing has always been how does that translate into the conference tournament, where they have struggled. They struggled last year. They didn't struggle the year before, but they struggled last year. So that is going to be the big question mark for them. Can they make that? Can they finally, can they finish? Um, that's the question. Yeah. Yeah. So needless to say, um, there were, I know that there was a lot of banter as to who was going to finish second. Um, and, and there, I'm sure I know other publications were, have been kind of up in the air as to who exactly was going to make that, that start. We, we chose Youngstown state. Um, Youngstown state for me, at least was the logical, was the logical second place team just based on experience alone, just based yeah. on experience alone. Yeah. I, mean, I think we have such a solid, solid team coming today. If I'm not mistaken, all five of their starters are coming back, correct? I believe so, yeah. Pretty close to it. Pretty close to it. Um, And plus, you also got a guy we picked picked in our all-conference team, our first team all-conference, Darius Quisenberry. Yep. I mean, that guy is a machine. And no, they, they have, all of their starters are coming back. And the other person, and and I guess this is kind of the argument you make an argument for why do why does nobody ever have this guy on any of their all conference teams because he's such a solid player? It's Nas Bohannon. Yeah. I I I yeah, he I is always he, on my short list. He is always like the last guy or the this year it was second to last behind uh Tanner Holden that I leave off. Um 
Ah, and I, I see it coming again in the postseason, even if there is a third team. I, I, with all the newcomers, you know, coming in with pretty big accolades, I see it coming again. <laughs> I don't understand it. I mean, it's crazy to me. It's still crazy to me that here's a guy who has been so solid in this in this league for the last three seasons, and you know, finished second in the rebounds, and here's a guy who. You know, I feel like he's he is by the most underrated player in the conference, at, uh, if not all in, in if not all of mid majors. Well, I would disagree with that now. Um, with the addition of Purdue Fort Wayne, I think uh, Bohannon got some votes. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's a there's a new most underappreciated player. I mean, I guess maybe the horizon is going to come out with their poll and he's going to be on theirs, but well, uh, and we'll, we'll get to him later. So, <laughs> yeah. We, I know what you're talking about. So yeah, that's that. Yeah. I know where we're going with that. Um, and that's interesting. I think the, that's going to be an interesting dynamic. I think, I think yeah. with, with, but again, they have, you know, that is such a solid starting five. They got Thomas, they've got, They've got Michael Akache. They've got Garrett Covington in the back. I mean, this is a this is probably the if you're looking at just pure if you're just looking at pure consistency, pure talent. This is probably far and away, aside from Wright State, the best team in the Horizon League. Now comes the now for them the big thing is going to be can the, their big question mark is going to be whether they can get to Wright State. They did it once last year. In very convincing fashion, the question now becomes is where do they go from here? Because, I mean, it's funny because for 20 years, before, before you know, in, in the 20, in near 20 years that, right, that Youngstown State has roamed the earth as a member of the Horizon League, we have always openly questioned their presence. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I mean, we're not, we're not saying anything that we haven't said before or Jimmy has said every single episode <laughs> 2015 and 2016 but realistically once you know the pendulum swung so far in the other direction when they hired jared calhoun yeah last year the first year was rough as we expected but as we move forward you have and it's not just about for youngstown state it's not just about just one guy because you know in years past you had just one guy you had a, a kendrick perry but then who else you had a Damian Urgle, but then who else? You had a Cameron Morse, but then who else? And this year, the, the last two years has been con- con- considerably different, where you have a lot of different options. And I think their big thing is going to be, uh, I know they're going to, oh, come on. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> This is where I read my Twitter feed and it, right in the middle of our podcast and regret it immediately. Oh, no. no. <laughs> you just keep going. Okay. So, so the – in terms of the – just in terms of the depth that they have, um, it's going to be they have a, they have a pretty solid rotation, and I think that is going to be – that's going to be the key to them. Again, their big challenge is going to be how exactly, you know, do they are they they're going to they're I, I predicted they're actually going to be this is probably going to be the best Youngstown State team in at least two generations. Of course, that's not saying a whole hell of a lot because if you've ever followed Youngstown State, 
basketball at any point in time, you know, they haven't been very good since they've been in Division One. They've had like a couple of they've had a couple of years where that's happened. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are a member of the Never Made the Tournament Club. Um and so one thing that I could be re- or I think could be really interesting with them would be um so with the NCAA's ruling that seniors get an additional year, I think a guy like Loud and Love might see opportunities to make decent money over in Europe and take that. I'm not I could potentially see the same with Nas Bohannon for sure. Um, like Akashay and Covington, if you're one of them, do you think about coming back? Do you think about giving it one more go? Question. Because there is that additional wrinkle where, yeah. Like, could they go five seniors next year with Bohannon and Akashay Covington? Uh, and would it be Cathcart, I think? No. Uh, no, Cathcart is gone already. He, no. he graduated last year. Yeah. Um, and, that, and we haven't even mentioned the extra wrinkle of the NCAA announcing that they are going to extend a waiver for el- eligibility waiver for everybody playing this year. So if you're a senior this year, you t- you can actually come back next year. It will not count against the scholarships, by the way. Oh, it will wow. not count. Oh, not, wow. <laughs> well, no, as I understand it, it will not count against that school scholarship. If they try to against their scholarships which is funny because you know because and i i was going to make this joke earlier this uh, later on in the podcast but i have to make it now al eichelberger last year for cleveland state had his senior year and dennis gates the coach made it you know said that you know he's more than welcome to have another senior year another senior day al eichelberger may be the first cleveland state player in history to have three senior days I don't think a lot of these players are going to end up, especially your seniors, are going to end up taking the option. I, you know, yeah. if they have Europe dreams or um, opportunities, another year in college, you know, being a 23 year old senior isn't going to help them, you know, get uh-huh. to where they want to be at some point. And I, I, I don't expect it to become a big logjam, but I yeah. could be wrong. Well, the other thing, too, and I thought about this, too. So if you think about a guy who is a grad transfer, and he's only going to play one year, and he's only going to get one year of grad school as belt. Hey, if you get an extra year of eligibility, hey, that's the whole that's a whole second year of grad school that you don't have to pay for. You can get out of there with a master's degree. That's awesome. Yeah, there's actually a, a newcomer that I think could be very interesting on that front. Ah, okay. Ah, yes, that's true. Because there's there's a few, again there's quite a few of them in in the Horizon League as they're generally are. Yeah, and, so. and what I would say, that's kind of where I was thinking maybe not Nas Bohannon just because he is, you know, going to have some presumably oh, yeah. good opportunities overseas. But Without a doubt. Uh, the third and fourth option type guys, they could, you know, I could see them coming back. Um, you know, I don't think Marcus Burke necessarily would. Um, no. Tijon Lucas could be interesting if we uh, – we get coach's kid uh my the papa and junior sweepstakes rages on if they get him he might have to turn around and start talking to Tijon like hey man come back (laughs) i mean it's not out of the realm of possibility it's not out of the realm of possibility so yeah that's a but yeah if you if you look at it if you yeah not bohannon probably has a lot of options at the end of this year at, at the end of this season 
and again, not just and again, not just basketball, because as we, you know, you know, when he was when he was in high school, where do you go to high school, guys? <laughs> I know it's the Lorraine. Stay with me. Stay with me now. <laughs> when he was when he was in high school in Lorraine. He's know, the only I good thing that ever came out of that place, right? <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Actually, that's not terribly false, but you know. And I just want to point out, uh, Bob was the one to bring him up this time. I am. Yes, that's true. Oh, yeah, of course, because you know. I mean, I told by, the, by the way, that's also not entirely true. The uh, actually, he's not just. He's not the only. He's not the only. The only person, you know, great Lorraine, ex Lorraine. I believe me, I can wax poetic about you know, wax or exotic about all the people, all the you know, all the prominent individuals who graduated from. And by the way, Tony Morrison would have some words with you about that too. The great writer Tony Morrison. From Lorraine. Thank you. <laughs> um. Anyway. Um. But yeah, he has. But when he was in high school, he was he was a star. He was a he, he was a you know, football star too. And originally, original history, you know, he was mulling a. And I think we talked about this when we talked to Jared Calhoun. We talked about you know his his weighing his offers between football and basketball. So he had options there. So, I mean, theoretically, that might be an option for him. Who knows? Um, it'll probably be more basketball, more overseas, more than likely. Um, but yeah, you never know. You never know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Demetrius Harris is still collecting checks. Bears fans aren't necessarily super excited about that. But, I mean, he's still in the NFL. He's, what, 28, 29 now? Yes, that's true. And, you know. We you know, the Browns could use them with all the injuries they've been having, but eh, whatever. <laughs> so the third place team, obviously, the, the the team we have in third place, we we spotted third is um, is Robert Morris, right? See, this is how much I'm. This is how blue, much of a blur yeah. this week yeah. because I can't pick who the hell is. Yeah, Robert Morris was our third place pick. Um, I guess the big question for them is because they this this team played a lot of Horizon League teams last year, and you know they naturally didn't do so great. But now you have you know you have a year under your belt. You have you know you you have two really core solid pieces in Dante Tracy and AJ Brahma, uh, two guys we we picked as all conference team all conference players on our preseason poll. Um, and you never, you can never count on Andy Tool. I mean, obviously, again, remember this is the defending, this is defend the defending NEC conference tournament champions. So, yeah, I don't see. They I got really see upside. of Merrimack being provisional, which is maybe maybe losing to a provisional school's not the. Uh, I don't think Merrimack. Merrimack yeah, is yeah, yeah. no, I know they were awesome. Deceptively. Um, and I know a couple guys on Twitter brought up just the that 0-3 record against Horizon League schools last year, and that they were all, you know, pretty comfortable Horizon League wins. They were all on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I guess the the thing that has me kind of wondering with everything going on, mm-hmm. they tend to be a slow starting 
team. Um, Which makes sense that they that and the obviously the non-conference yeah. uh, non-conference record from last year is pretty reflective of that. If the non-conference season goes to crap with everything going on, that's something that you know could change kind of I guess how how I would perceive them. Um, cause it, like you look at, I mean, the other two schools that are up in that, you know, two, three, four region, um, they went oh and seven and one and six on the road. If you take out like the Detroit, Milwaukee and IUPUI. So they're, they're not exactly world beaters. Um, well, I, you know, so when I did my rankings, my question started to become, you know, were those, you know, anomalies? Was it because it was road games? You know, all these things you're talking about, or yeah, yeah. is the con is the conference they're coming from just not very good? You know, oh, it's when not. They, <laughs> so when they have to play a full Horizon League slate, hopefully, you know, are they going to find, you know, kind, that they're just kind of average? And that that was kind of how I decided that I don't think they're going to be a bad team. I just don't think they're going to be an upper echelon team yet. I think that's going to take a little that's while to get used fair. to the league. Yeah, I. I kind of focused more on like coaching as the deciding factor in a lot of my rankings. Cause personally um, I'll put it, I think the middle 10 teams are all going to be mediocre. So I, for me, coaching was a big deciding factor. And I mean, we need coaches rankings from you. What's that? We need a coach's rankings from you. <laughs> oh, That'll be complicated. I'd pile more work on him. <laughs> yeah. Now it's, just, now it's just a game to see what I can get him to commit to. That'll be at this point no. probably a few months out. <laughs> just say um, no, man. Let's see. Yeah. I didn't, ask, I didn't ask for power rankings. Just, just one. I'm aware of that, but that's kind of a thing. Um, oh, gee, yeah. I know that. No, that that's a whole other animal that I'm sure he's going to – John's going to jump on, what, second week of the regular yeah. season? Yeah, I'll do it right away this year. <laughs> um, uh, hey, you're the one who keeps – you're the one who brought that up in the first place. I and mean, You can always dish that off to somebody else you know, <laughs> now that you have that – now that you have the new title. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's right. I don't know. I mean, you could – yeah, come on. One of the duties of – one of the duties of editor, of course, is to delegate. You can delegate now. <laughs> All right. Hey, Matt, you want to write that uh, coach's power rankings? I would <laughs> love to, but no one's going to like what happens. <laughs> um, you've, you've seen my rankings. <laughs> Northern Kentucky would be at your throat, I'm sure. Um, so again, Kyle, Kyle's ears are buzzing right now, and he doesn't even know why yet. <laughs> Hi, Kyle. Um, kind of the things that you know some of the things that i didn't give enough consideration to were depth and cohesiveness like like so cohesiveness youngstown state bringing back four starters yeah um you know if things go awry and they can't play a bunch of non-conference games they might still be okay because they all know each other um you know, depth, which we'll get to in a second, I'm sure. Um, oh, yeah. If, you know, obviously, if some of the all-conference guys or all-league picks go down, that's going to be a huge game-changer for a lot of teams. But there are, you know, 
key, key players who didn't make the all-league team, um, didn't even get votes for the all-league team, where if they go down, I mean, Elijah Goss at IUPUI, and they have to have a bunch of depth big men come in and play. I, I'm, they're going to lose every game they play for those 14 days that he's out. Um, yeah. you know, there are teams- Oakland's without Rashad right now. This for is now. true. He's another one. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, pending a waiver, which I know is kind of makes your eye twitch, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> we might have a solution for that coming. But, yeah, I mean, even if you ignore, like, the, okay, obviously an elite guy being out is going to be a game changer. There yeah. are role players who could, you know, get forced out and just completely throw things into disarray. And so I think you know, certain teams who have a lot of depth are going to be in a really good spot there. It's like, okay, next man in. Which brings us to our next pick. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, so we have Cleveland state pick this fourth this year, Um, which is interesting because I didn't pick them that high. My own team. I didn't pick them that. I actually haven't picked fifth. Um, yeah, by the way, Northern Kentucky fans, if it makes you feel any better, we picked them seventh this year. Collectively, I picked them fourth. So there you go. Yeah, um, blame Matt. Blame Matt for that one. Oh, yeah, I'm sure oh, that's totally yeah, I'm sure it's totally Matt's fault. Um it is. <laughs> but, but yeah, so but Cleveland State has this is their their big strength this year is going to be depth. Because if you look at this team right now, I mean they have at least 15 guys on this team that theoretically could play minutes. I'm not kidding. Okay. Including two walk-ons, which as we, as Dennis Gates, you know, Dennis Gates articulated to us when we talked to him uh, earlier this, uh, earlier this year that he, he knows the value of walk-ons. And that's how, you know, that's how a guy like Jeremy Montgomery, I'm Jeremy Montgomery, wrong Jeremy, wrong Aaron Cleveland State, Jeremy Sanchez. Um, how a Jeremy Sanchez comes to being, and they got another guy just like that in in Michi Terry, guys. And I swear to God, this guy's actual nickname is Ballhead. That is literally the best nickname ever. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's basically his thing. I guess I, I don't know what happened, but yeah, he's you know his his major claim to fame is being the Lamelo Slayer back in back in high school. So. Um, because apparently he he put the he put the Lamelo in check one year, so that's when he was playing for Lakewood St. Ed's. So, but you have that guy too, so he kind of fall. But in addition to all the defense they've been playing, which we all know that they did pretty damn well last year with a group of guys they brought together in what about two weeks in late summer. <laughs> They got a full recruiting cycle in, brought in a bunch of actual scorers, including Demoy Hodge, who's like the number eleven JUCO guy in the entire country. Yeah, I think at one point he was ranked number eight. Yeah, he's yeah. he he's a guy that you know I talked about on you know last Monday. Uh, he could just jump right in and be all yeah. Lead. Exactly. Yeah, another yeah. This is our biggest problem. See, this is our biggest problem at the Horizon Roundtable. We do all these picks and realize, oh yeah, there are people who are transferring in. <laughs> so, because we, we made that, we made that mistake with both Tijon Lucas and Marcus Burke last year. 
but so did the the preseason pollsters. So did the league. So I, you, yeah. I know that some people have kind of talked about how n- newcomers aren't necessarily even eligible for consideration. Yeah. And I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of. I deliberately took that approach with my picks this year because I think the only one I remember actually making it would be um, the uh, runner-up for NBA Rookie of the Year this year, Kendrick Nunn. So uh, he was pretty go. good. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he did. I think he made. I think, I think he did okay for himself after college. He made second team preseason and very easily won Horizon League Player of the Year. Like dominated the vote. Yeah, we. Yeah, we're. Well, thankfully, that was – I'm pretty sure that was – we didn't have Horizon or Roundtable.com, so we didn't pick any of that crap. So, thankfully, <laughs> we're off the hook on that one. There you go. Um, so, yeah. So, if you – again, if you look at Cleveland State, you've got – you know, you have Demoy Hodge coming in, who is an absolute – I mean, the guy is a beast in JUCO. Um, and then you got a bunch of depth guys. I mean, the one – the one t- – um, the one player I think is going to be a key that I, I think I, I don't even want to consider him under radar, but you know, Alec Oglesby, the kid is a freshman. Yeah. He actually graduated. He actually graduated early and came and started enrolled at Cleveland state in January. So he's actually been practicing with the team oh, wow. since January. Yeah, I didn't actually realize that. Yes. So, so he actually has probably, and, and, you know, I know we we posed the question that De- uh, I think we posed the question a few oh, in the off season about why more guys in Division One basketball don't do that, and the logical answer is, of course, they're still playing a basketball season, and then they don't want to miss stuff like graduation or prom. What do you know? None of that shit happened. <laughs> the fi- the basketball season didn't finish up, and nobody got went to prom, and nobody nobody went to commencement. So. So you know all those all those things that uh, that Alec Oglesby missed on just to start you know get a six month head start on all the rest of the freshmen. Turns out it wasn't as big a deal as he thought. Yeah, <laughs> or as we thought. Actually, the room. must yeah. So so yeah, he, and he's um <clears throat> and he's a long kid. So you know you could see I could see him easily playing the three or the four, um, for Cleveland State. And again, he you know. The, He's he's definitely going to be an all freshman kid. I can tell right now. Um, yeah, I, definitely. I, okay, so let me go edit my rankings. Um, my well, only rank- with him making it would be just the fact that Cleveland State has so much coming back. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, other than that, like yes, accolades wise, totally. Um, now, and, and to your point about the depth, think about this for a second. If you got, I mean, they had to deal with this last year because Craig Bodwan and Franklin Penn. Got hurt near the end of the year, so they had to get another guy in there. So if you and now they have way more guys to bring in. Yeah. So I mean, you're. I mean, I've been following the. I've been following the men's basketball team's Twitter feed, and they're playing like scrimmages where they're playing like you know, eight guys on one side and nine guys on the other. That's how deep these guys are, and they got. And I'm pretty sure they have like two walk-ons that will never see the light of day. They're playing Chinese checkers. There's a third hoop. I don't know, man. Here's my question for Cleveland State. Here, here's my concern yes. about them. Is we know that they have depth. We yes. know that they have a great coach, and we know they have talent. Yes. But we haven't seen Dennis Gates have all of those things. Like, is he a, like yeah. we saw what he could do with a team that wasn't really very good and and coach him up. 
Yeah. But we haven't yep. seen what how he manages a roster where you do have some people that need to see the floor a lot more. You know, and there, there's some game management to this that, you know, yeah, he's probably going to be okay, but we haven't seen that from him yet. And that gives me a little bit of hesitation with him. And that's going to be interesting. To, and that's an, you bring up an interesting point because with that many people on there, I was thinking, you know what, screw it. They're going to have five guys on, five guys off, or, or five guys on and four guys off and leave the guy with the hot hand in the rotation. I don't know. I mean, they have enough guys that they can do that, which is super scary, which is which incidentally also works to their benefit if the Horizon League does what I think they're going to do in terms of the scheduling where they're going to have where they may actually have back to back games yeah. on like Saturdays and Sundays. But and, that doesn't that doesn't but, take, you know, the, the human factor and the ego factor if, yeah. if it exists and, and any of those real life, you know, character traits in, into the makeup of a team and and how they come out on the floor. At the same time, I mean, if you're Cleveland State, if you have an ego at Cleveland State at this point, how? <laughs> how exactly? I mean, all these guys believe in themselves. That's why they're playing Division One basketball. That's why they're hoping to, you know, continue playing and make money somewhere someday. And, and so, and, and that's gotta have well, some some kind of ego. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because it, you know, just just following Dennis Gates in the off season, he's like a whole other dude. Because, you know, this is, again, he, this is a guy who who takes, this is a guy who takes teaching seriously. I mean, super seriously in terms, I mean, the guy, the guy graduated with the same degree I have is a, with a master's degree in adult education. He actually did a podcast, um, Basketball Immersion is the name of the podcast. He actually did a podcast where he breaks down his different teaching methods. And I'm think, and I was listening to that thinking, my God, I did not pay enough attention in grad school. And, and don't get me wrong. I am not saying that. I don't uh, think Dennis Gates will be successful. But I, I think that I think to your point, but to your point, I think because of, you know, his back, the, his kind of unique background, plus also too, you know, he was, you know, uh, you know, he's under the, he was, he started, he cut his teeth under the tutelage of, of Leonard Hamilton a guy who has really built his team in a similar fashion where, you know, if you look at Florida state, you know, that, that's a, that's all, you know, it's a similar situation. I, I see where you're, what you're thinking is, you know, maybe ego is getting the way, but I mean, this is, this, most of these guys are coming back from a team, you know, most of these guys are coming back from a squad that originally was, you know, and maybe maybe the I'm just happy to be here has finally gotten, you know, fallen by the wayside. But I think the the approach he's taken in terms of that, you know, you know, building that collective team and building that, you know, you know, internal camaraderie within the team. You saw a lot of that last year. And I don't think I think Dennis Gates is a smart enough a recruiter to identify guys who can fit into that into that mold. Uh pretty well i think that's oh, absolutely just, i'm just i'm just throwing out that as, as a young coach we know how smart he is we know he can handle all this stuff but it's really his first time getting to do it hands-on where he's the head coach and he's got to you know do all these factors and i think it might there might be some adjustment and learning curve for him too so i think that's you know was definitely something i took into consideration when, when doing my cleveland state ranking i still had them incredibly high i just I probably I probably had him lower than you did, and, that, and, and uh, probably for this very reason. Probably for this very reason of okay, so you got these new guys. How are they going to gel together? That's the other issue. So I mean, that I think that was my big my big question too, which is kind of a little tangent upon and kind of 
kind of similar to your question of how are these new guys going to integrate with the with the hold with the with the hold veterans from last season and that that is that you know that you bring up a good point that is a good question um i will say this i think al eichelberger is going to have another another good season um clearly good enough that we think he's going to be you know we picked him to be uh be an all-conference guy Above a lot of good players too. So, but he had out. I mean, but Eichelberger had just such an outstanding season last year. Just kind of that breakout thing, breakout season that you know we didn't expect to see. Um, maybe because he spent the year before under Dennis Felton, who just horribly underutilized him. So, I don't expect to have. I I truly do expect to have them being kind of a. You know, there, there, there's, there's some potential there you know, for some, and there is some potential pitfalls. Yeah, and you, I are, you are correct. If they end up with, you know, a 10-man rotation and everyone else has a six-man rotation just because of everything going on in the world, all of a sudden, they are, you know, if not the team to beat, the number two. <laughs> yeah, that depth of theirs is going to be key. Now it's just a matter of can they all get on the same page? So that's going to be an interesting. That's going to be an interesting proposal, yeah. Because the because the the one question that they had from last year obviously was scoring, and they clearly fixed that finally. Because that was that was that was heartbreaking. They got they got actually they got scores. They got you know they got Oglesby and Hodge who both can score. They've got you know guys like you know they got Juco. They've got Jason Woodrich, another freshman coming in who can shoot the lights out. Same with Chris Green, a Juco guy. Um, even the I.L. Hill, who was like, you know, th- here's a kid who, you know, a local kid from Cleveland Heights, the guy who broke the record for the, 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 the highest score in Cleveland Heights history above guys like Damon Stringer and Jamal Harris and J.R. Bremer. I mean, he topped them all. So, and it's funny because he was on a Tallahassee com- a community college team where he was, you know, shoved in you know, well that to be fair that community call that that tallahassee team was yeah, stacked so there was absolutely no way he was getting on the floor with all that talent there including um, deandre golston of milwaukee of milwaukee yes another highly ranked juco guy which we'll get to sometime later i'm sure yeah, I mean, <laughs> ellis their point guard is either the number one or number two ranked point guard or player yeah. in junior college according to everyone he just yeah. brings up his freshman year, he's already committed to Louisville for next year. Again, again, and it was, you got a guy like Yael Hill. When you got a guy, got a guy in front of him who's one of the best JUCO players in the country and already committed to Louisville. How do you compete against that? How, how are you able to get Horn in any? How are you going to be able to get any playing time when you got a guy that dynamic in front of you? Yeah. So, so he kind of suffered a little bit based on that. So. But yeah, I, he. I think the good news with him and the fact that you you have Hugo Ferreira, who's a who's got a year under his belt, and Craig Bodwan, who is the new, you know he he really emerged as the point guard. I think there's a lot more depth at point guard than there was last year. Uh, last year was kind of in tatters because you had you know you had Cash Thomas, but you also had a fairly green Hugo Ferreira. And then Craig Bodwan, who wasn't even a, who wasn't even the point guard to start the season, so you know those questions are kind of answered at this point. But again, you know, so rotation. But again, the, the question is going to be rotationally. How does that? How does he? How does he work on that? Um, 
you know, so how does he integrate all those parts in there? So that's going to be that's going to be interesting to do for them at the very least. Yeah, but yeah. And yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know there was there were some interesting. There were some questions about why Cleveland State was that high. That's why they're that high, because they got all these parts. You know, they definitely they've got way more parts than they did last year. The cupboard is not bare this year. On on paper, like it seems like other teams tried to. They're not going to. They're not going to lose to Notre Dame College in the preseason this year. <laughs> um, on paper. No, By the way, I'd like to point out the fact that I'd like to point out the fact that I think. Uh, that Notre Dame College actually tweeted out like last week about how they won that game last year, and I'm like, yeah, that was kind of the low point for me. Actually, that wasn't the low point for me. The low point for me was the Sometimes terrible trounce they got in the, in the in the at the hands of Florida International. That was the worst. Oh, <laughs> which it, but it's funny because it just went all it just shot uphill from there. That's yeah. So that yeah. so so I gotta say that's that's. A very interesting kind of dynamic. So, all right. So, um, yeah, I think we're gonna have to do another episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Are we, like doing, are we like approaching bonus episode territory? Because we've got. Oh no 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 no! no. We have two. No, we have enough for two full episodes. So, because we haven't even gotten halfway through this yet. So, <laughs> so we're gonna wrap up. So we're gonna wrap up this episode. So tune in Monday, I guess. <laughs> oh my so, God. yeah, we're gonna do back-to-back episodes. So, as always, um, follow the as always horizonaroundtable.com. Preview week is up. Read everything. John's got John's gonna have a bunch more stuff up this week. Um, you know, again, subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found, and you can pull us up on your Amazon or uh, Amazon or Google devices. Um, so you know, hang hang tight for a day or so. We'll have the second episode up then. But but until that time, thank you all for listening. <laughs>